Hello, Nomads, and welcome to episode 32 of the Nomads of Fantasy podcast. My name is Brandon. I am your host, and I'm also here with Eric. How about I give you the finger and you give me my phone call? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> and Dave? Uh, if Morpheus is right and all, and I'm not supposed to talk about this, but if you are, <clears throat> very exciting time. So <laughs> I knew you would do that one, Dave. I, oh, man. Oh, so I love that guy. Uh, yeah, we're, these are quotes from, well, turns out to be the first Matrix yeah. movie, but we're actually going to be talking about the Matrix in general. Um, Everything. There was three movies and the Animatrix. Uh, right now, in two th- end of 2021, um, we're getting ready for, I mean, we're in December here, and we're getting ready for the, the new Matrix. So we don't know what's going on there, but there are trailers, so there's some speculation going on out there. But, uh, yeah, we wanted to talk about it. Who hasn't seen this movie, right? So it's, I was Me. saying earlier to these guys. I'm Well, the last, saw... two. the last two you were still waiting on, but... Yeah, I mean, I haven't you seen saw the, the first. Not one, since though. I was a kid, so it was a lot of stuff was foggy. So it's it's kind of uh, coming in fresh for me. For that, well, it has been too. a while. What was it? Two thousand three was the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So I forgot that they did it's been two a while. and three in the same. Yeah. Uh, well, anyways, yeah. So we're gonna be talking about the Matrix, but before we get into that, let's uh, just catch up on what we've been up to. So, Eric. What have you been doing? Mine is going to be pretty short this week. I haven't had a ton of time to play games because we watched four damn movies. But um, I played one thing new. Uh, I checked out a game on Game Pass called XO1. Um, oh, yeah. Did you, did you play that one too, I, Dave? I played a little bit of that this week as well. I I really like that game. Brandon, have you heard of this one? No, I don't think I know what it is. So uh, it's like it's kind of hard to explain. There's not really... <laughs> Um, the only objective really is you're basically this spaceship and you're just flying towards this goal. So you're on this desolate planet, but the, the hook here is the way that you traverse the landscapes. So the, the best comparison in my mind, have you ever played the the iPhone game, tiny wings? No, no, I have not. Sounds like a, a flappy bird clone. Sort of. It was. I think it was actually before Flappy Bird, but it was super popular back in the day. But basically, the whole mechanic is you um, you hold down a button. So when you're playing X01, you hold down the right trigger, and it makes you like super heavy. So it turns you into this ball, and like it increases your gravity. Like I don't know, ten times or something. Ten, like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So it makes you super heavy, and you want to time it so you go down like a hill, so you gain a ton of momentum, and then when you release the trigger. You go up and uh, your gravity, you know, goes way down. So you're basically just trying to wing yourself. Yeah, you're right. You're trying to gain this momentum. So you get into kind of this flow state of like going down through a hill, releasing and then flying through the air, gliding. And then once you lose speed, you go down again. So it's really it's the movement. It's really cool. It's like the cape in Mario where you got to, you know, bounce up, back up and then, you know, kind of. Yep. That's it's like good... kind of it's like surfing or like not skiing or anything, but like it, it's got a rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you there's... just basically get to this. I mean, I only played like two or three levels. I don't know how far you got, but about the same. You get to the goal. You get to the goal. You shoot off to another planet and kind of rinse, wash, repeat. Planet's a little different. It's very it's much kind of crazy though. It's very much uh, one of those like Zen type games. Yeah, you peek above the clouds and then you see the sun and you go swooping back in. It's pretty pretty intense 
yeah, you're just flying through these like desolate, desolate planets. Um, and it's very like mysterious. There's like a little bit of backstory. Um, you're basically this astronaut who is searching for this, uh, team that I think they went to Jupiter or something and they went missing and your goal is just trying to hop from planet to planet or moon to moon, whatever it is to get there. Um, so it's pretty cool. Uh, but I really like it. I'm enjoying it. I'll probably keep playing it. I heard it's pretty short. Um, but it's, it's a really interesting game. Nothing really that I've ever played like it besides that one mobile game, tiny wings that I was talking about, but it's a fun one. Um, so that's really the only new game that I played. Uh, other than that, I've been playing a little bit more Forza. Um, still kind of grinding on that. Looking forward to getting into some of the Halo campaign. Um, and I also watched Christmas Vacation. Like you said, Brandon, yes. you, you watched it last week too. <laughs> getting into the Christmas spirit over here. Yeah, did you enjoy uh, the movie? Or? Of course. It's a okay, classic. Good. It's a classic, man. <laughs> it like, is I'm, a classic. <laughs> The older yeah. and older you get, you realize uh, Clark really wasn't that crazy. No, he just wants to have the perfect Christmas and Start everything just goes wrong. Well, yeah, well I could have had some of those same reactions. Oh, yeah. yeah. I see I see my life happening. I could fall from a ladder quite easily. So, yep. Who knows? That's cool, though. Yeah. Christmas vacation is always good. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching some more some more Christmas movies this week. So. It's fun, but really, that's all all I had. What about you, Dave? Um, I got into a lot of cloud gaming this week. It was kind of weird because we were all watching Matrix movies. So get down to like ten or eleven, just jump into something real quick. So I hit Exo One for a little bit. Uh, Lawnmower Simulator wasn't nice. as, wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be. No, it's a lot it's of about... a lot of menus. It was like made for PC. Yeah, you can you know adjust your cut heights and you get real in there, but I didn't want to get too far into it and be mowing lawns for fake. It is nice. It's one of those quiet, you know, relaxation games. So sure, it's about it nice exactly what you'd expect it to be. One I'd want to, you know, that's what the cloud is for. It's perfect for that, so you don't yeah, have to yeah. download it and take up time and all that stuff. Right. Um, there was one I found called Mind Scanners. Uh, oh okay i i didn't download that but i did see it yeah do you like it it is it reminded me you guys ever play papers papers please it's like a pc game no um it's like uh looks like an old vga game where you're basically you're trying to psychiatrically evaluate people uh you're working for like this evil omni corporation or whatever and some dystopian future metropolis and you're going to talk to these people and you scan their brains for a little bit and then you ask them a couple questions and it's kind of like they make a statement and then you pick like the true statement out of it it's like a word game kind of and then you use that to find out what crazy ailments they have and then you can either declare them insane or not insane that's probably a good hmm. cloud like, game on your phone i feel like because i remember that'd the, be cool the screen because yeah. it's, it's just a static screen right it's not like you're moving a character around on a map or it's very like you said it's old school pc game yeah and it's just like a screen that you just have different sections of the screen that shows you what's going on it looks like a dashboard or something like that it kind of, it does yeah it's got like that or a hud hud Big hug, yeah. yeah, control panel. Uh-huh. Yeah, it. old school shit. Like you're looking, like you're gonna fly a ship. <laughs> you just get all yeah. these things in front of you. That's but, good. Okay, but, but yeah, once you get into, phone, I thought. Once you 
kind of figure out what they have. You can, if you declare them insane, you got to do all these crazy, weird future things where you like scan their voice box and it's, they're all just basically little mini games that you play to kind of okay. get That's rid cool. of patterns. So there's kind of like a each, I think there was like nine machines and then you could give them pills to reduce their stress. And it's like another little mini game on top of it. But then that affects the story. So when you, you know, wake up the next day, you got to pay your government fees or whatever. You're trying to basically get your daughter out. So you're trying to work your way up to a certain clearance. So you got to work for the evil empire. But at the same time, you're getting contacted by revolutionary people. And, you know, so the story goes kind of different ways, whether who you're declaring insane and not insane. And some people you let go. Okay. that's cool. And he'll go to the bar and bite somebody's face off or and then you'll get like Jesus. deducted. You'll go to you get deducted pay because, you know, you declared him not insane and he went and. There's some lady who thought she was having a robot baby, so she fed her baby like robot fuel, and the baby died. So, guess oh what? Oh my god! Minus <laughs> three, minus three pay for you. But that was it was weird. It's a weird game, and there's um, I don't know. I haven't gotten terribly far in it, but it's kind of one of those cool ones to just jump into and kind of play around with. Um, and then the last one I got was uh, Stardew Valley. Right? No, it's probably my kids. Ah. Uh, <laughs> been Castle Crashers and Stardew lately. There's a lot of that going around. Um, no, Evil Genius 2, World Domination. It's kind of like a Evil oh, Genius I check that out. simulator. It's kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. You just got to spend time with it because it's not... It was a little clunky for me, but it's, I think once I get the rhythm of it... Tough. Yeah, builders are it was actually tough pretty charming. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's got like a saw, satire to it. I saw screenshots of it, and I'm like, "That seems like a Dave game for sure." Yeah, it's worth that's worth jumping in there and just checking out. Because if they do a tutorial while you're doing the mission, so like you can play a single player campaign, and it'll teach you along the way, so you don't have to go through. It's a like whole Despicable Me, separate thing, the game, but yeah. it's like more humans based. But they call them minions, and they wear yellow stuff, and you're walking out as a bald guy wearing <laughs> I a didn't even, suit. I mean, it's I didn't like, even realize that's I'm funny. Like, they wanted to either be Austin Powers or they wanted to yeah. be, you know, with Doctor Evil or the, yeah, something okay. like that. But I, like I think that it's vibe. But yeah, and it's really silly. The cartoon quality is pretty good. Um, like I said, there's just some things where it's like I wish that just was more automated. But yeah, but like power, power. You got to you know divert power and train people to protect against certain stuff and all sorts of simmy simmy things where you're building the next, you're building the next to build the next, basically, in the, a lot of those simulations, but. That one seems cool. I would definitely check that out as well. Um, and that, I watch a lot of Matrix. Um, how about you, Brando? I, uh, yeah, I just dabbled. I mean, when you spend like eight hours doing uh, <laughs> Matrix stuff, uh, it doesn't look too much as like a no. dad and, you know, just doing other things. But uh, I I did download Stardew Valley. checked it out. Didn't get too far. Um, did. Was this the first time you've played Stardew Valley? I've never Brandon? played it. I've been Are waiting you kidding for the day me? To, I knew it was going to come to Game Pass someday because it's oh like a Game Pass game. So I've just been waiting it out. I've been so close to buy it, to so close to buying it, but I never did. So I checked it out, and I'm like, yeah, I want to do this with like my wife or, or like my kid or something. Kids like that. love it, um, dude. It's yeah, perfect so it's, on Switch. It's, it's I I bought it on Switch, and mm-hmm. it's the perfect game for that. Okay. Because like you, like you said, you could. You just the way it's structured too. You you know you go get one day at a time. You can just jump in and do a day or two and fucking. Yeah, out. that the hook is interesting. So I can see how people just lose themselves to it because it's so like 
chill. Mm-hmm. It's just just go at your own pace, and you know if you're done for the day, just go in. You know, um, if you go too long, which I did my first day, I was like, oh man, uh, collapse or something like that. <laughs> Stay um, all part in. Then you then you own then you own a a bill. Like you have a bill <laughs> for uh, they charge you for uh, you know getting you back to bed and taking care of you. But um, I so I started watching this show on Hulu called Mr. In Between. And it's an awesome Oh, show. I've wanted to watch that show. I've seen yeah. it. it. That it was like an FX show originally, I think. Okay. All right. Yeah, they're uh, Australians. And uh, he is, it's about like this dude who's like a hitman. And he has like a daughter. It's, the humor is pretty good. Uh, like he has good qualities to him. And you follow, it's kind of, it's like the Sopranos where you, you know, you like Tony, but you know, he's a bad guy. But he's a family man, and it so, reminded me of um, Barry. Have you watched Barry on HBO? I've been meaning so to watch Barry. So good. That's one of okay. my favorite fucking shows of recent years. So good. Okay, I've heard good things about Highly it. Highly recommend. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. It's it's on Hulu. Uh, so I I would say you could start there. The first episode was pretty good, pretty fun. Uh, and it's just I don't know the accent maybe, you know, <laughs> where the he's just a hitman. And he's going to fuck people up, but he has that, to me, to me as an American, I just think it sounds so friendly, you know? It's like, why didn't you pay? I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to fuck you up bad. You know, it's just like, it doesn't sound so bad. Or, hey, no, I'm going to fuck you up, huh? You know, it's just, just, I don't know. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody just sounds, hey, what's up? All right. All right. (laughs) It just seems so like chill. And then all of a sudden somebody just gets fucking killed or. Whatever, but um, I'm liking it. Yeah, Mr. In-Between, that was pretty cool. Uh, other than that, watching a lot of Matrix. So why don't we take a break, and then we'll talk about it. Sweet. I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? could say that. I can see it. We have returned. And this is my impression of Morpheus. <laughs> now it's turning into Smith. And alright, whatever. I'm having fun with it. We're talking about Matrix, man. Oh, God. This is a movie that when I saw it, uh, it's funny, real quick. Like, I had no idea what this movie was about when I walked into it. I didn't see. The, I saw like a trailer, but I didn't really pay attention. Like, oh, it looks like a cop movie or fighting against some hackers or something like that. I don't, you know, <laughs> dudes in suits. Or I guess are in it. That's it. And then uh, I saw the movie, blew my mind. I walked out of that movie. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, questioning your own reality. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just like I didn't know a movie could make me think like that. It just was just everything about it was just so interesting and uh, I just was not prepared and I thought it was a great experience but um, the time it came you out guys was had... the, the crazy part too because it was like when the internet was brand new so like 1999 yeah hacking into the thousands coming around hacking into the internets and having your brains put out there and avatars and all sorts of crazy stuff that was all still fresh then too which was the looking back on it now I mean we take it all for granted but you know using shitty little Nokia flip phones and landlines and stuff like that. 
Yeah, that's but. true. Yeah, looking back at the but but you know what what makes it cool is how the Matrix has that like they made that a point in the story that we found that this time was like the pinnacle of mankind where there's just <laughs> enough where you were doing good and then you kind of took off and went crazy after that and then machines came around but like that was a good era for you guys and it just happens to be the time of the viewer so as it, the movie gets older like I said, they have that rule. And I just think that's that's actually kind of clever. Like, that's cool. I don't know if they intended to do that. I'm sure they did. I'm sure the Wakasis really thought about a lot of this stuff. So, But before we get too far into the movie, Eric, you know, we always ask a question or, you know, whatever about the topic that we're going to talk about. So we asked a couple of questions. But the first one was, like, have you seen this movie, right? Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, on our Twitters um, at Nomads of Fantasy, we asked the question just for your thoughts on the Matrix series as a whole. Um, and Jake Iveson, our yep. number one fan, good buddy, he says he loves the series. We watched it last weekend in anticipation of this episode. Uh, my wife watched the first one with me, said it was exactly what she thought it would be, and lost interest. It's an incredible concept, an addicting world, and really makes you <laughs> wonder are we in the Matrix? Um, <laughs> Well, I, I also said we watched all all three movies plus the Animatrix for this. And on Second Watch Podcast says, you are stronger than I. Defeat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Uh, Mike from Games My Mom Found, another friend of the show, says, good luck to think you had to watch one good movie and four craps just for one episode. <laughs> um, a gamer looks... <laughs> a, <laughs> right. A gamer looks at 40 says the matrix is a fine example of how important an origin story is. And if you don't work to develop the main character in your sequels, nothing will hold up to the original. It's been decades since I've seen them, but Neo never develops beyond super guy in the sequels. Neo also loses his uh, relatability as a hacker who becomes a superhero in the sequels. He serves as a godlike figure and his relationship with the uh, vulnerable Trinity doesn't work to develop the character like the directors wanted. They had one trick that worked once. Which... That's 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 a harsh one, but I I feel like there's a lot of truth to it is. that one. Yeah. Like it's, yep. that's the reality of it. But yep. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Any others? Uh, here's a more positive one. I really enjoyed Reloaded and Revolutions. Yeah, they are not nearly as good as the first one, but I still enjoy them. Neo versus all the Smiths in Reloaded is one of my favorite fight scenes, uh, even with its terribly aged CGI, which. I 100% agree with that. Yeah, we'll get into all that. And Hugh Wilson Jr. says, first one was amazing. Two and three were okay. I felt the conclusion was a letdown. Personally, I'm looking forward to the new one and have hopes it will do it right. Even if it uh, it even kept things that happened in the Matrix online canonical, which is good, even if I don't know like what happened, which is pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I also feel the yeah. Matrix would be better now as a cable or Netflix series than as See, a movie. My brother and I think alike on this. I totally I, agree. Yeah. A TV show. I was thinking like, damn, what if HBO or somebody had this? Because you could pace things out. I, tr- I, yeah, I'm all about cram this. Cram everything into two hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just characters. Like I just want to see like um, like a program, and uh, I don't know, like a human fall in love or something like that. You know, like something weird. You know, like but you could do that as a side story with minor characters and have that time to do cool shit. Uh, especially villains. You could have really cool villains, spend more time learning mm-hmm. about like the Frenchman 
um, and all that stuff. So, but well, just jumping into it here, I think that's why the reason I kind of like the Animatrix a lot is because you got these short little vignettes that help flesh out the world a little bit better, and it gives True. you kind of perspective on what happened before the rise of the machines and everything and a little bit of the life every day in the matrix and like some backstory on characters. So it helped flesh out the universe a little bit better, even if, you know, I didn't enjoy every single one in the, in the animatrix, but I enjoyed it overall. Wasn't um, the art, like the animation worked though, really good regardless. Like, it, yeah, it reminded me I was of, really impressed with some of them. I was saying it reminded me a lot of star Wars visions. Cause like each one is a yeah. different animation style um i mean these are canon in the matrix universe star wars visions weren't but like it does the same kind of thing where it you know it gives you a little bit different perspective um in other parts of the universe than just the the main characters when you're following neo and morpheus and all them in the main movies so you get a little yeah. bit of that outside perspective which i liked there's like three stories in the animatrix that are connected to the two movies that followed uh the first movie because it's it's the order you should watch it is, you know, the first and the first Matrix. Then go watch the Animatrix, and then watch uh, Reloaded and Revolution. Yep, that's um, exactly what I did. As they made them too, that kind of the order that they made them. But it, you can see why. I know the games in there, and you can't even play the video game. But it is cool that they left that a, as canon. As I had an nice. old Xbox game that. Uh... You're with Naomi oh, and Ghost, the... and you were like yeah, helping yeah. out with power plants. I think that all ties into the movie like canonically as well, which is kind of cool. Not just the mm-hmm. uh, online stuff. Yeah, and the the Wachowskis had hands in the game stories too. Like they wanted to make sure that everything fit in the in the canon of the universe. Like they helped write the stories for the games and everything. So they were definitely heavy heavily involved there. To make sure that hey, everything was not scanned. to sound like a dummy, but is it Wachowski or Wachowskis? I'm sorry if I got I, I said I think I, I said Wachowski. I th- I've heard Wachowski. That sounds like I a good it. Polish name, so I would say Wachowski. Wachowski. Okay, yeah, we'll go with Wachowski. All right. Sorry, I just wanted to have alignment there. <laughs> Before we go any further, that's what I'm concerned about. <laughs> I'll probably switch uh, halfway through. It doesn't. Oh my <laughs> god! Right. <laughs> yeah, like niche or niche depends mm-hmm. on my mood. Is it my aunt or my aunt? Um, Eric, do you dare want to just sum oh, up, God. just to refresh everybody, so we can kind of get an alignment on what what happened in well the yeah. world of the Matrix? Because it's it's pretty convoluted, um, which is purposeful. I think we all got a little upset, but in height, like looking back on this movie, I'm like, give me a break. I mean. That first movie delivered beyond probably expectations, and how they there they made a, no they made a trip. There was India, and there was a trip. Tr- well, whatever theirs were, but I mean, there was a trilogy made out of it. And I actually look back on this more positive than I thought. I thought I was going to not like this as much. I was like, I remember being kind of not satisfied with the third movie, tolerated the second movie, adore the first movie. I can honestly say right now, I think they've gotten better for me. But there's things that, you know, there's issues, but. Um, sure. But, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, Eric, if you want to just kind of take a stab at just what the hell happened? Well, what, what is the Matrix? Yeah, I mean, for such a like convoluted plot and whatnot, the high level concept is kind of simple. Um, so, I mean, you have Thomas Anderson, main character, 
He's just a boring, everyday office worker, dead-end like corporation office job. But he's this hacker on the side. His hacker name goes by Neo. Um, yeah, he's badass. Uh, but so you see him in the beginning doing his uh, weird hacker stuff, and um, he gets contacted. There's this just weird message one day that pops up on his computer, um, telling him about the Matrix, and like he they t- they tell him to follow the White Rabbit. So he follows this girl that he's been doing these hacker jobs for or this guy and he follows them to this nightclub and there he meets trinity um and she kind of tells him all about this stuff and blah 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 blah. but the high level concept is that they are the quote-unquote real world that uh thomas anderson knows as the real world in 1999 is actually the matrix like they're in a computer simulation and the real world I think Morpheus tells him that it's um, somewhere in 2199, so uh, quite a bit of ways in the future. Um, And he kind of discovers that basically the machines that the humans created to help them had actually taken over the world. It's kind of like a, it's very reminiscent. This is obviously not the first time we've seen something like this. We've seen it in like Terminator or like I was saying, Horizon Zero Dawn, Ex Machina. Like there's so many different examples of wow. this kind of same like, you know. The Wachowskis human... are fans of anime and they're they're deeply read people. Like I just saw that they, I was looking in some of the cool facts of this movie, this, I guess the first movie, but where the core actors had to read three specific books about philosophy and yeah. shit. So yeah, just just, you know, how dedicated they were. So like no matter what, you, however you feel about how they delivered the trilogy, I mean, we're creating worlds. And that's like a big thing for us. Right. Is, you know, it's just the creativity in the, the production and the storytelling and all that stuff with the games and movies is that, I mean, I'll tell you what they 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 their inspiration gave them a hell of a package to give to everybody else. And mm-hmm. it's it's a great sci fi action movie. Um so yeah, you I, see, just, I love it. You see it through and through. <laughs> and you see interviews with like Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss like recently, and they, they were saying themselves like, when we started out on this first movie, we knew it was going to be something big. And like, they were right. Like, I don't know, just the way that the Matrix has permeated pop culture and like all of the different references and everything. It's weird watching the first one insane. again. Because like a lot of it, like, I don't know, you've seen it a thousand times. You've seen it on... The Simpsons, you've seen it on Family Guy, like everybody. It's like the that Akira bike slide thing that we mm-hmm. talked about before. Like you've seen the the Neo lean back bullet dodge and about you know Doritos commercials probably everywhere. So, I mean, bullet time is literally a fucking mechanic in like Max Payne. Like it's clearly influ- like influenced by the Matrix. Like that, just that mechanic, yeah. and that's still that's still a mechanic we see like in yeah games. Red Dead and like to some extent. Down. Yeah, stuff like that. So yeah, definitely popularized a lot of a lot of that stuff, and the way that action movies are shot and like fight scenes are shot, like the Matrix. I think we owe a lot of that to the Matrix. So, but once you realize what the Matrix is, and this is where, like in the first movie, it, it kind of is this 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 concept that the humans have been they lost the battle against the robot robots, and that they have basically become an energy source to um, the machines. 
the the and shot it, it, with it, the it, with the human fields like the in the har like the big huge harvester machines harvesting the humans oh like, yeah like that that is a really cool scene that's haunting the creativity is fantastic but uh yeah it's it's cool because it, it it reminds me of episode four of star wars where they they just talk about the clone wars anakin you know uh they kind of allude to things but we don't really know about it but we we think that we'll get there to some extent and game of thrones did this too you know where you talk about like certain areas of the world and maybe we'll see them see that place maybe we won't uh so the matrix was doing that they're talking about zion you know the last human city and stuff like that um but as the first movie story went on though um agent smith uh the main protagonist which we can get into him because he's one of the great villains on, in cinema, I think. But um, him and Neo, when they start going against each other, uh, it really kind of sets the, the I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it sets, like, this man and machine kind of conversation really going and what it really means to be a human. You know, and the whole theme that we've learned with the matrix is the the theme is choice what, to be human is to choose right to not let somebody else control your fate uh control your destiny control your path you should have at least you should at least even if you don't know the outcome you should be able to choose for better or worse and you know the red pill blue pill all that stuff go out this door go out that door mm-hmm. um but it you know i don't know i thought that the first movie told that story very well to the point where we learned about the concept of the, him being the one, the one mm-hmm. that will save all humans from this matrix. And we think it ends where he kind of beats the system. You know, he kind of does this Jesus thing where he dies, but then he comes back to life. And then he, you know, kind of takes out the agents at that scene. And then he, I don't know, goes on the phone, calls somebody on the phone and says, hey, I'm going to start letting out human beings. And then he fly does a Superman thing and it ends. But then the crazy yeah, part of the story ending. really has. That's a great ending because now they have to do like their Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, right? Like now they have to come up with these two banger concept. But it's like holy shit, the first well, movie is the, so tight. The pay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The pacing, pacing of the movie, the first movie, is fantastic because it starts off so quick and then. You know, the slow parts is, you know, Morpheus talking about and explaining things. Then you learn Kung Fu and like each scene is kind of fresh and new. And I think as the movies went on, they kind of tried to repeat some of the same tricks and some of that stuff. And it didn't pay off as well. But then when you get into the second movie, you got to start explaining all of that crazy shit that you were mm-hmm. talking about in the first movie. Yeah, and maybe that's, that's kind of where, is. Yeah. where it, I don't know, not falls apart, but where it some of the lulls come Um because, you know, yeah. two, two starts with their meeting and then you end up, they go back to Zion, which gets a little boring because it gets into like, you know, Star Wars starts talking about political shit. No, I don't want to see people chop up and Ooh, use, right. chop up with lightsabers like and use the force. And I don't want to see this political yeah, mumbo jumbo. and battle at Zion is fucking awesome as shit. But yeah, I, yeah, the, I enjoyed the that. rave party was horrible. The, <laughs> yeah. Weird orgy Morpheus, stuff going on. This Moses scene, just like <laughs> we are. And I was like, I, I don't, I like. You know what I like about Morpheus? That he was calm and cool and quiet the whole first movie, and he was just so cool and wise. And then the second one, he's like wearing some weird ass robe and he's just yelling. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. I just like I don't want this Morpheus 
but the, I think the third version, the third movie, it's more of the old Morpheus that we like. But sorry, you mentioned we mentioned Star Wars. I when I was watching these movies, I was drawing a lot of comparisons to Star Wars because okay. we have we have like the Matrix. At one point, Morpheus says like the Matrix is is everywhere. It's all around us. That's like the Force. That's like yeah, the Force. It's, it penetrates us. Um, and there's the Ew. one. <laughs> the one is like the prophecy. There's a prophecy foretold of the chosen one in Star Wars that'll bring balance to the Force and all that stuff. So there's definitely some comparisons to to draw there. Um, obviously, everything influences everything these days in media. But I just thought there was some some interesting comparisons there. But like, like you like you said, I've never seen the sequels. I've only seen the first one, and this was like a long time ago when I was a kid, so I don't really remember that much about it. But like you said, they set up the the whole Zion thing. I just didn't know. I don't know what other direction they could have gone in in the sure. sequels, the way that sure. they set it up in the first one. You know, because everybody Matrix-y complains stuff. so much about the sequels. Everybody yeah. wants to see more Matrixy stuff. But like they, I, the I feel like they already said his name. Yeah, like the, French the Frenchman. Dude. Like those scenes with him and them are all fucking fantastic. Chateau Aubryon, 1959. Magnificent wine. I love French wine. Becca loves the French language. I have sampled every language. French is my favorite. Fantastic language. Especially to curse with. Nom de Dieu, de putain de bordel de merde de saloperie de connard d'enculé de ta mère. It's like wiping your ass with silk. I love it. You know why we are here. I am a trafficker of information. I know everything I can. The question is, do you know why you are here? We are looking for the keymaker. Oh, yes, it is true. The keymaker, of course. But this is not a reason, this is not a why. The keymaker himself, his very nature, his means, it is not an end. And so, to look for him is to be looking for a means to do what? You know the answer to that question. But do you? You think you do, but you do not. You are here because you were sent here. You were told to come here and then you obeyed. (laughs) It is, of course, the way of all things. You see, there is only one constant, one universal. It is the only real truth, causality. Action, reaction, cause and effect. Everything begins with choice. No, wrong. Choice is an illusion created between those with power and those without. Like everyone wants to see more like the the CD matrix underworld and uh all sorts of the weird yeah shit dude that's going i on. loved it all the side yes. programs it's like they it's like in the first one they didn't leave the door open a lot after the first one for more matrix stuff because they kind of wrapped it up with like you know getting rid of the agents and everything but obviously we see the agents come back in the sequels um but like i feel like they kind of closed the door with like the main matrix part of it in the first one and then they kind of shifted obviously to the zion stuff which clearly isn't as strong um and i don't know on there's there's some stuff like you said the the a lot of the matrix stuff a lot of the action is still really really good in the um in the sequels there but like 
Zion stuff, especially in Reloaded, the Zion stuff is a, is a drag for sure. Well, Eric, you're right. It's it is you know now that I think about it, it is more of a, like the Star Wars stuff than I realized. But I mean, they probably drew that where we meet Darth Vader, and we see stormtroopers, and we meet Luke and Obi Wan, and it's a very tight story. But you know that world is fucking huge, right? So what do they do? You know, so like now we meet the Emperor. You know, like we're more on location of the bad guy's side. You know, we're actually you know, like seeing him show up and having like a grand entrance and stuff like that in those movies. So it's world building, and I think that's what they were trying to do here, where it's just like, okay, well now we got to see what the machines are doing. Like we talked about them, but like just because mm-hmm. Neo is in the Matrix, kind of fixing shit and releasing people in some capacity the machines still own the world i mean the sky is still fucking black and all that stuff so there's still a big issue to be solved just because of neo but so i do like that in these movies that general guy the guy with the butt chin he -hmm. has issue with the faith that they have in neo but he's like regardless of if this is true or not there are still sentinels in a big ass drill just coming to us and we will have to fight no mm-hmm. matter what. So I need every ship, you know, so I, like. I think like, they should have stretched it out a little bit more. The, I mean, listen, the first Matrix is such a perfect movie. It's really tight. Like the story they tell is really tight. But at the end, Neo basically becomes the one. Like, so there's not, you know, there are they already hit the ceiling and now they got to go above the ceiling because they. Like one of our uh, people that responded on Twitter said, he's just basically a superhero in two and three, and he's just like I doing mean, all this crazy always, shit. You can always, and by the end of three, he's using his powers outside of the Matrix and all this stuff. So they have to keep one upping themselves. It's so like it's the, kind of hard for them after the first one. There's a lot of religious overtones to it. To it. Oh yeah. Too, like oh uh, yeah. Of course. Neo is yeah. the the Matrix. Yeah, it's all over the place. But I don't know. There's always something you can do to throw some. Some piss in the pool. Um, give give Neo like a blinding him. Give him a virus, or yeah, they the blinding thing. Yeah, but I don't know. They, you could go any number of ways. I guess. With the Although it seems stuff. like when they blinded him, it kind of made him stronger. Like he could see more. He looks like even uh, he was blind. He looks like Kenshi from uh, Mortal Kombat when he puts the yeah puts a little, little bit same color. Yeah. I was thinking that. Yeah. If they ever make another Mortal Kombat movie, you know who to call for Kenshi. Um. <laughs> so can so so all right so anyways the mo- the story gets really crazy with two and three though right if we go back to the story and like what the hell happened you know like then we learn that okay everything is actually a part of the control from the robots so the architect is introduced we've already met the oracle the oracle's fantastic right that's a really cool character and when we and know when they fucking the, change her in the third one she because the act, the actress died oh so that's that was, rough yeah which is unfortunate <laughs> because yeah. they filmed it so close together but she died between productions so they had to replace her um honestly if we're gonna talk about like recast so like that one sucks that one hurts because the first woman was fantastic she was really good. No, nothing against the other woman but it's just like that one was mm-hmm. just great and uh you know you just get really attached to that character because great movie yeah i loved her you know yeah so but um when uh the one brother that survives from the first one uh, not dozer but i think it was tank Tank. i'm sorry tank who who survives yeah tank Tank, right yeah tank 
Well, it's I, not Tank. It's a completely different character. It's uh, it's Link. His name is Link. Yeah. Link. And Link replaced him because I think there was an issue with the actor. I think he was being difficult or something like that. Which, which sucks because Tank was one they, of my favorite characters. I know. I, I really, really liked him when it comes to the secondary cl- uh, class characters, you know, where your main characters are Smith, Neo, Morpheus, and Trinity, and maybe Cypher's in there. And everybody else is kind of secondary. And I, I really liked him. I thought he was really charming. Like, you know, he's just, he just had. I mean, you already got the story built up from the first one, too. His brother died, so you're kind of invested mm. in him a little yeah. bit already. So I kind of just. I thought. Sucks. I thought they way. did a much better job in the first one. I thought they did a really good job in the first one of fleshing out the side characters, even though each one only got kind of a little bit of. Uh, you know a couple minutes in the spotlight but i still think it made me care about each one of those characters and when they all kind of died at the end of the first movie i did care right. about them that's a good but movie yeah it didn't really do that in the next in the next two movies there wasn't no. really Isn't those crazy strong how side they characters i know like yeah. i wanted to like naomi way more focused but on, i just yeah. i just knew she was a badass and there's nothing else i could like i didn't know what her struggle was that she's mm-hmm. just i mean i know they kept like saying like what man could do this? And she would stand up and say, I'll do it. You know, I understand that just, she's kind of being written off as a woman in, in the story. And you know, like, she keeps proving to herself to everybody, like the men that she's like capable of. I get that, but I just had no, I don't know. Like as a character, I was like, I wanted more out of her character out of two movies, you know? Uh, I just like, all right, she's a badass. That's it. She's great at pilot. Like she's a pilot. She's really good. They told us they, like, five times that she's they like tried to. They tried to create like a weird love triangle with yeah. the with Morpheus, <laughs> the commander, and Niobe. But they made it way too easy to pick that. It was just like I didn't like that. I didn't like yeah. that at all. It's like you go with Morpheus because the other guy is kind of like a jerk. It's a tool. Like, There's obviously. all the military guys are like stereotypical like hard ass assholes. Yeah, like it's it was kind hard of really to annoying. get. Any kind of connection. Speaking of forced love stories, what the hell is up with Neo and Trinity? Like in the in the first movie, there's no throughout the first movie, there's really no hint of any kind of like relationship between them. And then at the end, Trinity just all of a sudden loves Neo for no fucking reason. And then she the brings him back all, really. and she brings him back to life by kisses him by kissing him like well, that she- part of the first movie I thought was dumb. Just, well, yeah, that was pretty silly. But. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're not watching the Matrix for the romance, but they the, exactly. The two characters... But they they push it hard in the next two movies, like the whole Neo Trinity thing. Well, and okay, I... but okay. So let me go back to finishing. You know what what was going on with two and three though. But the so there's a loop that the the machines have won. They've won so much, so they have another layer where the system with the architect he he creates the Matrix. And, you know, we've learned that, like, there's been, like, six versions or five versions. This will be the sixth one when they reset it. But um, they know that it's just flawed. And that's because of human, just the human spirit. Like, it's just hard to contain. And you can't really write a code that can kind of work perfectly. So there always comes up with this anomaly where there's this one person, the one, which this is Neo's turn, um, that comes up and... They, they need the ability to have choice, though. Humans need choice. So they created the Oracle. The Oracle is the person who says, I will give them the choice because no matter what, for this to work, for this loop to work, there has to be choice for it to work. You can't just have them lose at the end. Zion is part of the, the loop, though. Like they, they, They've recreated Zion. The last human place, when they talk about it in the first one, it's the last one. That's purposeful. They They've humans are completely lost to the point where Zion has been remade over and over again. Uh, 
The Matrix is older than you know. I prefer counting from the emergence of one integral anomaly to the emergence of the next, in which case this is the sixth version. Five lines before There are only two possible explanations. There were five ones before. Either no one told me, or no one knows. Precisely. As you are undoubtedly gathering, the anomaly is systemic, creating fluctuations in even the most simplistic equations. Choice. The problem is choice. The first matrix I designed was quite naturally perfect. It was a work of art, flawless, sublime, a triumph equaled only by its monumental failure. The inevitability of its doom is apparent to me now as a consequence of the imperfection inherent in every human being. Thus, I redesigned it, based on your history, to more accurately reflect the varying grotesqueries of your nature. However, I was again frustrated by failure. I have since come to understand that the answer eluded me because it required a lesser mind, or perhaps a mind less bound by the parameters of perfection. Thus, the answer was stumbled upon by another, an intuitive program, initially created to investigate certain aspects of the human psyche. If I am the father of the Matrix, she would undoubtedly be its mother. The Oracle. Please. As I was saying, she stumbled upon a solution whereby nearly 99% of all test subjects accepted the program as long as they were given a choice, even if they were only aware of the choice at a near unconscious level. While this answer functioned, it was obviously fundamentally flawed, thus creating the otherwise contradictory systemic anomaly that, if left unchecked, might threaten the system itself. Ergo, those that refused the program, while a minority, if unchecked, would constitute an escalating probability of disaster. This is about Zion. You are here because Zion is about to be destroyed. Its every living inhabitant terminated, its entire existence eradicated. Bullshit. Bullshit. Denial is the most predictable of all human responses. But rest assured, this will be the sixth time we have destroyed it. And we have become exceedingly efficient at it. Uh, so they got like the Neo uh, character, or I'm sorry, the, the one character. They've got the um, Zion plot all figured out. So they know it's going to happen. And that's why there's two doors. But the Oracle... The reason why Trinity is so important, I guess, is because she crafted, she she told, you know, Trinity, you're going to fall in love with the one. And that spun everything out of control because Neo, that, that role, that the one, the savior, never had a person that they loved so much that they would risk losing all human race to save the one they love because he thinks he can do both. So that's what he does at the uh, in the in the second movie is he chooses love because no matter what it might be stupid but it's love and that's like a thing that the robots never can understand. Smith talks about it at the very end of the third movie, love like it's only a human could come up with love, but the Oracle, she's not bad nor good, but I think she's more good because I think she she likes that part of the humans and she she's like all right well to break out of this cycle because I think we need to for for humans and robots to finally figure this out because we kind of do need each other she thinks they need well, each other the or well the oracle even says trinity the or- was the one 
the architect's job is to keep like balance of everything and the oracle's job is to throw off that balance so like she even says that in the end but i think the robots are getting out of control and then obviously with smith which was like how did smith even like come to be but anyway that that's that was the plot but um the the whole smith thing now that i look back on it that is weird like yeah was he just written i I love smith so it's a great villain but i just the agents are like there to keep order basically to make sure I was he trying got, to, he got I was trying to understand how <laughs> Smith came back. Yeah, because he says he keeps telling Neo that he freed him when he destroyed him. So I don't know. Somehow he like rebuilt himself and became like a virus and was able to multiply himself. And now his only the goal is to just destroy everything. Surprised to see me? No. Then you're aware of it. Of what? Our connection. I don't fully understand how it happened. Perhaps some part of you imprinted onto me something overwritten or copied. It is at this point irrelevant. What matters is that whatever happened, happened for a reason. And what reason is that? I killed you, Mr. Anderson. I watched you die with a certain satisfaction, I might add. And then something happened. Something that I knew was impossible, but it happened anyway. You destroyed me, Mr. Anderson. Afterward, I knew the rules. I understood what I was supposed to do, but I didn't. I couldn't. I was compelled to stay. Compelled to disobey. And now here I stand because of you, Mr. Because of you, I'm no longer an agent of this system. Because of you, I've changed. I'm unplugged. A new man, so to speak, like you, apparently free. Congratulations. Because, like, in Smith, this, I mean, this kind of ties into the end of Revolutions. The Smith is the common enemy between the humans and the machines. And at the end, the Neo is able to work with the machines to destroy Smith. So... That's Dude, kind of... Smith says to Morpheus, I want to get... He takes his earpiece off in that really cool scene. And he's just like, I want to get out of here. I'm sick of smelling everything. I'm seeing... I'm tired of it. I want to be out. Which, as a software program, like, you don't have a robot body waiting for you, do Maybe you do. But, like, you want to be out of the Matrix and in the real world. Okay, fine. But, motherfucker, two and three, you just want to control it and be in it forever. So, it, it, to okay. me, I, I made a note. Like, that's well, speaking of that... How, what was up with the fucking Bane shit? How did Agent Smith get into whatever that guy well, Bane's body? He copied himself into him. He copied him and then answered the phone. He's only okay. copied software up until that point, but he's, then he took over that guy and then he See, went through the phone. So basically, he's a program. That whole subplot was dumb. He's there to keep order. The Oracle says at one point, like, he's the, he's the opposite of you. He's like the, Ying to your yang kind of thing right so he's basically like a programmer that it's he's like a program that was had administrator access and they took away his administrator access and he found it like oh shit i can copy myself and he started overwriting all the other programs so i mean mm-hmm. it makes sense from a program if you're, from yeah, a if you're looking at it from level. a yeah windows 2000 if you're looking at it from like a software perspective yeah that's what that's kind of what i was thinking too that's kind of um, i mean i think that's the best way to you know, make sense of it sometimes is when you think about like 
the dirty underground and how like the Merovingian was like, he was snagging people like programs that were meant to be deleted. He was keeping safe and like tucked away in a folder somewhere on your desktop that nobody looks or I don't know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot of cool stuff there that they could flesh out, but. If I, if I had to pick, I would think I would, I think I prefer revolutions over reloaded because i i didn't mind the war on zion stuff like i thought that Agreed. was kind of mm-hmm. uh i thought that was kind of compelling that was so um, long it, it might have went on yeah i think it went on a little bit too long. long there was that kid that was from the animatrix that neo saved that they gave a big chunk of time to like he's just reloading oh, the guns. eyebrows kid i could have done without hit him. Yeah, and that sergeant that's like in those mechs, those mechs look really <laughs> shitty in CG, but yeah, exactly. That it looks seemed like he spent like an inordinate amount of time just pointing at the camera and screaming, like and shooting his gun. Like, okay, we get it. Yeah, yeah. And the swarm, mind it, but yeah, the, the swarm could have like ruined all those people in about half a second if it like, I don't know. They just it was like a reminded me of a video game end boss where you're just like shooting like probably like a Gears of War where you're shooting the swarm and you're just seeing it's probably where Gears uh, got it from but uh, but if they wanted to they could have just decimated all those humans in about 30 seconds I think but movie plot armor aside um, mm-hmm. I don't know the Zion stuff was good and I think when you compare 2 to 3 I like you got the chase sequence in 2 you got the Chase sequence is really good. The highway scene, you got the Merovingian, all that stuff. Like I think that one. Yeah, Mona Blu- <laughs> Monica Bellucci or whatever her name is. Yeah. In both of those, I mean, she's a smoke <laughs> fest. Holy shit, I forgot. <laughs> like, damn, that woman is very attractive. <laughs> like the that fucking... one started slow. That one got going good. And then yeah, I agree. The third one started good and got worse as it went on. I thought so. But the fucking the final Smith versus neo fight at the end of revolutions is fucking awesome i'll just Dude, it's say anim- it's, real, anime, it's real time yeah. anime yeah Dude, so that cool. is a straight up dragon ball z fight and i loved every second of it yeah no it's cool it's um like that's that that part worked for me when it comes to like i said like looking back on it i, I actually give them credit because like holy shit right like it still looked good. It still sounded good. It had cool ass action. Like we can't deny that. That the was action top was of the line it. for the time. Mm-hmm. Like it was, yeah, oh, and there's yeah. some scenes that just still get. hold up. Yeah, that that whole fight in the highway still holds up. I liked uh, probably three quarters of the Zion battle. I thought was really cool. Yep, I agree. Um, and I like the the some of the fights. Some of them are very meaningless. Like when when you know that Neo's the one you are introduced to him fighting people in the very beginning of the second movie. But it was to me, it was like, why am I seeing this? This makes no sense. He should be able to just walk through them. This is stupid. Just, there's gotta be something else we could do. And then what do they do? Then they give us fucking Zion rave party shit. And, and, and not, uh, and <laughs> yeah, not, that whole not rave, tank. rave orgy fucking weird thing was, uh, yeah, there's a 30 that. minutes that we could have just like skipped through, figured out something else better than that. But I just, the political you know, boring so, stuff that you want to i could not stand the council i thought their outfits were very distracting and i'm like i don't understand what's it going all on. the zion stuff all felt very like generic um i don't know like prehistoric futuristic you know what i mean that kind of look like if you played horizon zero dawn it's kind of that same thing where it's okay. like futuristic it's, yeah. it's futuristic yeah. but it's also like you know they Cave don't have <laughs> exactly exactly and like 
I don't really like that aesthetic that much. Obviously, that's just a personal thing. I know it's it just it felt like lazy. A lot of the design felt lazy to me. Yes, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So no, I don't think. I think we all agree. I would hope in the new Matrix that's coming out that they don't have any Zion shit. You know, because it still should be around technically because it it's been years now, and well, in it's the, still there. Just speculating about the new movie. I mean. There's no hint of Zion shit in the in the new no, trailers at all, which no, is the way which is the everything. way to go. It's a soft but, boot, yeah. soft reboot. If we're talking, no. if we're ju- if we're talking speculation of the new movie, um, I was thinking like, okay, obviously we know how it ends. Neo and Trinity, they both die, but we see we obviously see them in the new trailers, and they're doing fine. But well, they we don't, don't see they Neo don't know die, each do other. Yeah, we see Neo die at the end. Does he die? I don't know. Yeah, I saw the light dead. come he's out dead. of his chest, and then he's, he's just dead. take. Okay, that that right there was a just a pure like Jesus Christ allegory, like mm-hmm. sacrificing himself for the good of humanity, all that stuff. But uh, yeah, so we see Neo and Trinity in the new trailers, and but they don't know each other. Um, and there's this whole focus on like deja vu and like looping and all this stuff in the. Um, in the new trailers so i my thought is like since it's obviously this is we said it's like the sixth time that this has happened and like there's a one the one and whatever the one that's supposed to love or love the one trinity are they neo and trinity every time like is it just the same but different iterations of them you know what i mean because in that scene with the architect we see the different uh, scenarios with Neo, like you know what I'm talking about on the TV screens, of all the different times that he's met the architect. So it's always so, Neo, right, well, but it's a different a iteration of it. We're we're on the fringes of storytelling here. I'm sorry, world building here, and like this is where it gets very grave because I think we need uh, yes. to just because all right, we know that the role of Neo is not unique, but the human being that was. There's DNA that crafts and creates every characteristic of your face and your body, and every everybody's just looks different. So we know that the human body has a mental projection somehow. We just accept it that I've never seen my fucking face. I'm in this liquid goo, and I just grew up there, but I know what I look like. Whatever. I don't know what that is, but I guess the brain just knows what it looks like, so it just portrays it in the world. So I always thought that each version of the one was on they would look different he just for dramatic effect had a bunch of neos there because he can say no matter what you do i have figured out all the emotions you're going to have because he does See, the, I'm the opposite snoke thing where he's like i know exactly what door you're going to go through just like you're, i can i literally know every step of what you're thinking and since then the, what do they do they do the opposite in you know since the humans are whatever essentially created by the machines now i mean they can create the same I'm assuming they can create just the same person over and there over again. There was a so thing in the trailer. Neo's right? always okay. destined to like be. It. Yeah, Neo's always destined to be the one. You know what I mean? And yeah, in the trailer, we see. All right, they, that's interesting. They cut the scene of Neo first waking up in the goo with the new version of him waking up in the goo. So it's doing it again. So it's like. Yeah, it's but looping, that just could be the same one that again. they just saved. I mean, this robot technology. Again, we, we, we were told. Um, Morpheus says that it's been like a, like a couple hundred years, like 200 years since the, 
we lost control, right? Like the matrix takes place in 1999, mm-hmm. yep. but it's like been 200 years or so that's gone by that they think like, we don't really know what year it is, but it's roughly 200 years. But we also know that the machines are controlling everything. Zion included, right? Mm-hmm. And the Neo path of the one and all that stuff. It's all fabric. It's all under their control. It's all part of the plan. It's all part of the loop. But, he, they, the architect says that they've reset it like five times before. And every version, I, I learn a little bit more about humans and uh, I, I get better every time. Uh, so uh, how many years have gone by? I, I feel like it's been more than 200 years. I think it's, you can't take Morpheus's word and say that it's 2199 or whatever. It's because it's probably not. It's probably been yeah, 800 knows? years. We have yeah, no fucking don't clue know. how long shit has gone by at this point right so you get yeah i don't know young, I, young i don't know how they would then. know no you wouldn't i don't know they just said they knew that they blacked out the sun mm-hmm. right which is the dumbest thing a human being can do i can't believe that it was like but whatever it's it is what it is well uh-huh. speaking of that just one scene that i did like in the revolutions is when they go above the black clouds and like they breach into like the sky and they see the sun for that brief moment and then go back down. I thought yeah. that was really cool. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I mean, there's moments, of course. It's not there like is he's... moments. Of course, yeah. Um... There is a new Morpheus in the new movie um, because I don't know if we mentioned this before, he died in, uh, died in the online game because apparently they're having trouble getting, they wanted to get Neo's body back from the machines after the end of the third movie and the robots were not complying, so who knows if? I guess that's the that's the real question: is what happens? I didn't play the game, obviously, but uh, <laughs> they don't get the. I think there's that big battle that looks like it's going on where the humans are attacking them, trying to get it back, and everything just kind of reboots itself. So they probably have version six of the Matrix is going to be in. I don't know. It looks like it's in like Seattle nowadays, which they didn't. They didn't rewrite the 1999 version which is kind of interesting oh right i didn't think about that yeah because i i all right so when i spend more time thinking about the world of the matrix and how things work like how did they redo all of planet earth or just like one area what is the matrix is there are other people well, how do they handle science? How do they handle fashion? How do they handle like inquisitive minds? Like how do they handle all this stuff? Like people that look at the stars and people that make I don't know. Like how are they handling the internet? Like they they had it. They had the internet in 1999. Mm-hmm. How are the robots handling the? You know, like how are they handling the path of the humans that took them there to where they are today? But how are they handling that in 1999? There's got to be some things there where they do something i don't know right there's got to be some <laughs> control it's like when you're playing sure the people are like when you're playing the sims and you're like sim till next week and you just hit the button and they're like boop and they just see what happens because mm-hmm. well i think that's why that's why <laughs> the agents exist and to get rid of any anomalies that happen in the matrix like any any hint of like knowing or whatever Uh, okay i made a note that in the first movie they're very good about that maybe like around cops they might like pull some (laughs) fucking shit but things get out of control in the end of the first movie so rightfully so they're just really trying to stop the path of the one um Mm -hmm. but (laughs) 
in the second and third movie, especially during the highway, like people are just driving around like there's not a fucking fight scene going on a semi. I'm like, there are cars <laughs> driving around that. Like if I saw that, I'd be like, I would slow down. And I would probably like stop, right? I would not. I don't know. I don't think I would be dry. At least I, I'd be slowed down enough where I'm not near that. Also, are you kidding me? And they pull out. They're constantly doing this. They're constantly being other people and like people just like accept well one thought that i had yeah was like by the end of revolutions we see like this whole whatever the entire city is taken over by agent smith all his duplicates and everything so did he just like kill that entire city's like human population you know or did he take all of them over so all those people are just dead yeah i was kind of like yeah the the human counterparts of them or I mean, I guess you got to kind of flush all those bodies, too, because if any of them wake up, you're going to have a whole bunch of, of Banes on your hand, and that would be... Right. That would be interesting, yeah. I guess. There goes the humans, I guess. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about, too. But yeah, and then at the end, they're like... Um, when they're talking to... When uh, the Oracle and the Architect are talking about the humans having the choice to stay in the Matrix or leave, and he's, you know, he says, of course, I'll have the option to leave and all that stuff, but what does that mean? Like, what it's does that mean? You just repopulate Zion, basically. Like, they're going to start letting them pluck people but out how? and repopulating. But Morpheus is like, you can, one cannot simply be told what the Matrix is. The brain cannot just understand you need to be shown and, like, do all this well, stuff. And they make such a big deal to, like, get, like, Neo to understand mm-hmm. the concept. It's just, what are you doing, everybody? Else? Like, uh, just having dinner with your family. It's like, all right, so this is the Matrix. Do you want in or out? And, like, what? Well, that's what, that's what, the, whole, <laughs> well, that's what the pills are for. That's what the uh, red pills for. Well, maybe the uh... prepare his mind for, to handle uh, the complexity of the matrix. But either way, some human has to go talk to the robots and say, "Hey, so it sounds like if you, we weren't really there, but Neo f- figured out peace, right? Peace is good. Okay, cool, because you guys aren't you guys left us in the fight. So how do we get people? Are you just gonna start jump dumping them? We got to catch them all, like we did with Neo. Like we just. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know? Well, you know, the right. agents are chasing them constantly. I'm sure the agents stop a lot of people from being taken because that's why they first take notice in Neo. So maybe they just uh, right. maybe relax the relax it a little bit. I don't know. Let them start. So taking they slowly people out let at people. Will. Yeah, yeah. Start weaning. Okay. Them <laughs> You're gonna put it out. <laughs> put it out in the newspaper and send everybody a red pill and a blue pill in the mail. Just, yeah. Right. You know. That's How about this? Ejection. How about it's like this? The, uh, it's like the men everybody gets a. It's nineteen ninety nine. No, you get you get sent like a, a DVD, uh, and they watch it and they say, "Except this is real," you know. And you then get, there's the red pill and the blue pill, and then you can take it. And it <laughs> comes with three hundred hours of AOL. Yeah, right. It's a gift that keeps giving. <laughs> yeah. Was AOL still around in nineteen ninety nine? Probably. Absolutely. I think it's still. Around oh yeah, there. definitely. <laughs> Things that they did with CG in this, if we want to talk about CG real quick. I, w- I was going to say, we, was, yeah. we, we should get into the production of it because the, the story is, you know, it is what it is. We, we should know it by now. But yeah, like some can of those... you watch this movie and tolerate the CGI? Yeah. I think overall the first one is, it holds up decently well other than like, I don't know, some of the Sentinel stuff is whatever. The big moving yeah, they're animated minor, stuff doesn't look yeah. that great. But I think everything holds up pretty well in the first one. The second one... I think the Smith, the Neo fighting the multiple Smiths, any pretty organic, terrible. Any organic when stuff, you start they getting into fully bad. animated CG characters, it does not look good. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's got the uh, uncanny valley to a lot of it, or it looks like he's made of clay or stuff like that. But well, I could tell. I was trying like. I was observing in that scene a lot like, okay, this is all CG. Okay, this is real. Okay, there's a stuntman here, you know? So I was very, like, privy to all that stuff. The Smith like, punch from Neo at the end of the third movie that is looks so really bad. bad. I was like, this is, like, They this were really confident in their water. CG there because, like, they had a extreme close-up of his face, and it's fully CG. Yeah, I did not like that scene. I mean, they didn't just so. let Keanu just rail on Hugo and just punch him in the face in super slow-mo. That would have been... Oh, he turns into Jellyface for a second there. I didn't. Th- well, I didn't think the... one was the one was the greatest, but the uh, like all the ship stuff seemed all right. I mean, it was kind of cool the designs on the ships, so it kind of made it a little more believable because we don't have anything to compare mm, that kind true. of stuff to. But like the like the CG on like a lot of the kung fu stuff and a lot of the wire foo and all that kind of stuff, you know fighting scenes that they created just from that first one are kind of crazy. I guess the mm-hmm. the whole shooting scene in the lobby at the end of the first movie, uh, none of that was special effects. It took them like That's 10 really days cool. to shoot it, and it was all like explosives and all sorts of crazy stuff, which is probably why that scene holds up so well. I was, yeah, I was noticing that. Like you could see every single hit, and like they, pur- you could tell they purposely made it like a, room with like tile walls so it would be really dramatic when all the when they all got shot and broke apart and everything with all the particles flying around i thought that looked really awesome yeah the first movie is spectacular to look at i um i totally agree i think the the cinematography in the first one was really good i was noticing this where the first movie has some iconic shots right it's i would say it's you know when trinity jumps up in the air and we see the first time with the the bullet time whatever that was fucking insane at the time like holy shit they paused time moved around her and then it continued um that was really cool and then when you know they made a big deal about morpheus and neo sparring and stuff like that and that fight was really cool because you know there's some cool fight like some moves that they did, but they would slow down like Morpheus in the air and his legs are crossed. And then he would kind of come down and that was really cool. But they, they recreated these same shots in like the second movie. And I think there's another one in the third that they recreated. And it's just like, but the, you can't recreate shots. Like you can, they, yeah, they redid the, I don't know why they did that. The redid the end scene of one in three, except the guys went onto the ceiling this time, and it was kind of like the same. I didn't like that. It was same tricks. Close. Yeah, Yeah. that was definitely inferior. I thought that was like, what are we fighting vampires? Like, what was that? Yeah, they try. They tried to reuse a lot of the same tricks um, throughout both the uh, all three movies, Um, especially with obviously all the Matrix scenes, all the fight scenes in Reloaded and Revolutions. They definitely. Tried to cash in on a lot of the stuff that worked in the first one, but I feel like they just did it worse, like we were saying. So, I don't know. Um, overall, I think the action holds up really well. Like, all the fight scenes were entertaining enough. And, I don't know, just the fight scenes in the first one, man. Like you said, iconic stuff. Like, so good. When Trinity, like crashes like when isn't she like holding on to like the rope or something like that from the helicopter she crashes mm-hmm. into, into the, the window it's yep. just like a like that was just like a cool shot that just looked really cool you know or like when morpheus is trying to run to the helicopter with the water and everyone's like getting shot and 
that whole scene, just the slow-mo with the bullets falling down constantly and the and you know, Smith just saying like no and all that stuff, it's just like he was supposed to let Morpheus die, but that's when he when he you know did what you chose to do and, and he took his own path or whatever and that it's just like the action and the storytelling and the character development, like everything is coming together and it just felt really cool and it feels really good, especially with the villain Smith and how he's such he's always in control and he's so menacing and he's so dangerous and you're always running away from the agents, especially Smith. They always wear sunglasses indoors no matter what, right? But like when he first like has it broken in the first movie, like the in the subway scene or whatever, uh, it's just like broken <laughs> yes. and he's looking at the camera. I just, it's like that's just like a cool shot. This is a cool thing that I just remember because mm -hmm. it shows that he can be beaten because he broke his glasses just like a little bit, and it just feels really good when he finally when he finally beats Smith later on the way he does and it's like effortless and all that stuff. I. Hugo's and then got, the other, he's got great crazy eyes when you say the the sunglasses thing because then he, mm -hmm. like you see it more towards the end of the movie as he goes more and more insane. But uh, the acting from he's a Hugo great actor. As dude, talk Agent about Smith perfect casting, man! Fantastic, yeah, fuck yeah! And like the way he talks is so weird and stilted. Like you can you know tell he's like a machine trying to imitate a human. So I thought like he did that. He pulled that off really well. I guess he was trying to emulate Walter Cronkite or some somebody like that. Oh, I, I could because, see that. Huh. Yeah, because he there was some event that happened in, in the world history that Cronkite um, changed his tone to deliver the news. And I guess that style is where he pulled it from because it wasn't man or f woman or like, you know, this or that. It was very kind of monotone. And I think that's where he drew his inspiration from. But yeah, he... Smith is so good when he's interviewing Neo in that scene. You just know there's something not human about this guy. But to me, right, when I first saw this movie, I I had no idea. I just knew that, like, maybe they have superpowers because they can jump real far, you know. But I, I didn't know at that point. You don't know what they're capable of. And then what do they do? They, they you know, like, take away Keanu's ability to speak and... Hilarity your first, your first, <laughs> first glimpse into the real fun Mr. times Anderson. in the Matrix. Fun times. And that music, that screeching metal trains about to stop, kind of. But that's one thing that actually wasn't as good in the first movie. Like I didn't think the music in the first movie was. I don't know if it's because it's been redone so many times, but it was like really cheesy. Kind of? I don't know. Really? Like oh, it was the, the their choice of techno. Soundtrack. I thought the. Like the two and three, the music got much better. But I mean, they did have some white zombie in there. They had well, some what, like what, Dragula or something, Rage Against the Machine, something. Like yeah, that. They, they, it was nice how they closed the second one off with Rage Against the Machine too. But it, uh, I don't think they did for the third. The third had a lot of a uh, choral choir singing during that last ba boss battle with Agent Smith, and that was a little, that was a bit much. I was like, yeah, we're turning it down a little bit, but. Uh, I don't know what else we got. I mean, I'll I'll say this. I to this day, I think one of my favorite scenes in cinema. Uh, and it's you know it's a shame to say this about the Matrix, but like one of my favorite scenes is when Neo meets the uh the Oracle. 
Uh, that was the mind fuck. Like I was, my head was already spinning with the concept of the matrix. But when, like I don't know, I just never seen a conversation like that before at the time, and I, I just thought it, it it just left an like an impression on me where she said, you know, don't worry about the the vase, you know. And he's like, what vase? And he turns around, and he knocks it over. He's like, I'm sorry. She's like, I told you not to worry about it. He says, but how did you know? And then That's... she says that cool line, you know, what's really going to bake your noodle is that would you have done if I said anything? And I'm just like, that whole scene sums up everything about her, about Neo, about them. And I just, I don't know. I love that. It's just, to me, that was like the icing on the fucking Matrix, Matrix cake. Yeah. I'd ask you to sit down, but you're not going to anyway. And don't worry about the vase. What vase? That vase. I'm sorry. I said don't worry about it. I'll get one of my kids to fix it. How did you know? Oh, what's really going to bake your noodle later on is... Would you still have broken it if I hadn't said anything? You're cuter than I thought. I can see why she likes you. Who? Not too bright, though. Is that like a, a trick trick she uses to get people to you believe in her? Like that she actually is. really does know a lot of the future? Or... Stuff like that. I don't know. She's a, it's a weird character, like you said, because she mm-hmm. you can never really tell if she's misleading people or if she's actually telling them the truth to get them to do. Because at the end of the day, you got to remember that she's a robot uh, somewhere. I think she, like, I think they've said it before, but whether it's truth or not, she's telling them what they need to hear at that moment in time to do to what do they what, need though? to do. To, to do, do what, what they need she to do. thinks they need to do, like you know, because mm-hmm. I know she's there to kind of, she's kind of there to kind of like pull up the threads and kind of get the one to come out. I guess you could say. Well, but. I mean, let's not forget the robots want humans kind of to stay where they're at and just under control, and it's the all humans want freedom. But if you give the humans too much freedom, they're gonna go after the robots. There needs to mm-hmm. be a happy medium. That's what she's searching for. She wants both sides to be happy with the situation where right now the robots have won big time and the architect's mm-hmm. trying to keep it that way and he's getting better and better every time with his code on how to control the humans. She's like, this is fucked up because this is not how it should be. They're doing this because, and that's what she's programmed to do. She's, she's supposed to figure out what the, the problem is, the anomaly, and to, to help with it at least is to reset the system. To reset the system... They need choice. So the humans need choice. So she's always giving them, hey, it's up to you to choose, but I'm letting you know that this is going to happen. You are going to have to choose. And everybody keeps getting this thing where, like, you're going to have to, like, kind of, like, this is going to happen. You've seen it. Which is interesting, though, because, like, when Smith becomes the Oracle, he has the ability to foresee things. And so at the end of the the last movie, he's, like... Kicked, he beats Morpheus in the fight. Neo. Morpheus just. I'm sorry, Neo. Neo. He beats Neo in the fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Neo is down for the count, and then Smith is like, "I've seen this. This is where it ends." And then, maybe help me understand he, this part. But so he takes. I was a little Neo. lost on this part too. But oh, so I the think concept, it makes sense. Yeah. 
Okay, go, you go first. So what what happened there then? Well, then he, because when the Oracle was giving, he went back to see the Oracle again earlier in the movie, and she said something like, "All things that have a beginning have an end," and uh, Agent Smith ends up saying saying that, and that kind of you know sets it in stone because a I think it, he knows that you know there's part of her inside of him now, and that. You know, the way to beat Agent Smith is not to, you know, beat it out of him. It's to kind of join him and let him be absorbed into it and uh, kind of beat him from the inside out. I don't know if that's where... Okay. I don't know if, like, the machines... Because they, you know, delete Agent Smith from this point. I don't know if they do it... I get it. If they do it because he's hooked up through the machines or... But he's lost purpose. He, he's become so efficient and so good that he has completely taken over everything that once he completes his purpose, which is Neo, taking out Neo is the last thing. Neo is the only thing that was left to, to keep humans alive. So he sacrificed himself. So, so well, guess what? You beat me. But, but you beating me actually beats you. So I actually, we win. It actually was the opposite. Smith didn't... But he had to do it. Like, it was un- in- in- inevitable, which is what he says. Like, it had to be this way. The only way for any of this to work was for you to be created, to be out of control, so that well, they you kind of, like, would yeah. come to me and take me they out They cancel well. each other out. They cancel each other yeah, out. Cancel each other out, yeah. Yep. Yeah, because they're, I mean, they're both, like, whatever, polar opposites. So once they cancel each other out, it goes back to that balance. For as long as mm, I thought, think, yeah. I don't know. I felt like the... Like him, I don't know, kind of like in the first movie when he defeated Smith, he went in through his belly button and exploded out through him and flexed in his nice tight shirt. But uh, it was kind of like the same thing in my in my mind. Like that's he absorbed him. And I don't know. I like you said, I guess I don't know if it's the yin and yang equals two negatives equal a positive. No, you know, <laughs> two opposites equal zero. Uh, but. Uh, I don't know. Either that or the machines. Ex- the machines used used that thing because the machines had Neo plugged in. If they used that to mm-hmm. pump in the delete can delete command into Smith, because right, it gets it gets a little foggy at the end there. Because who knows? I mean, Neo sacrifices himself, and that's what causes Smith to be whatever deleted somehow. And then Neo's gone, and whatever the Matrix is saved and humanity is saved yeah that sounds about right i'm still confused on the whole neo being in a place that's not neither here nor like here yeah, or the that's matrix weird. they kind of dropped that, that on that you. train station purgatory thing you're talking about yeah it i didn't comes out of nowhere of that. yeah because he's just at the beginning of the second or beginning of the last movie he's just whatever in his weird coma state thing and he yeah he's not connected to the matrix but he's in this weird train station place but but a human can access it but a program can create a fucking subway right lets them can but but what where's he smuggling people to so he's taking people out of the matrix and putting them in the real i didn't understand any of that and that part was a little lost on me too yeah i'm glad that we didn't spend too much time there but i was just like again something that could have probably been skipped over i didn't like the girl actor the little child surprise surprise um, brandon hates yeah, child like, actors. like come on at the very end especially when the sun comes and she's like look look and I'm like, oh my 
God. Please. Well, she's the Seriously, program that controls the sunsets. That's what she does. Great. Or something, or like, something the like Matrix that. is not like know. a B movie. Like they couldn't get any good kid actors to be in that one scene to say <sighs> these five words. Uh, sorry. <laughs> hey, can you guys got time for a little theory of mine? I got a good theory. Sure. Oh, here we go. All right, ready? Here we go. So the Wachowski brothers are now the Wachowski sisters, right? They had a sex change. Good for them, right? Uh, what I think is interesting because, like, now when you look back on, um, you know, just just for the for those men to become women, um, and to know what they were going through, and then when you look at the matrix, you can definitely see like a parallel there, right? Like, kind of, and I'll let everybody kind of draw their own. Uh, interpretation there but you know it's clear as day to me that there is something about being something and then being something else because just because somebody want you to be something you should be able to have the choice to be what you want to be so that's lana or and lana lana lana, lana wachowski yeah. came out recently uh saying that the matrix was an allegory for like the journey okay i didn't like, know the, if they tra- the transformation say. of you know so good that, so that, that so my theory is that uh well, they were men in the time of filming these movies, correct? So the main character is a male. We are now going to go into the fourth movie. It could be the beginning of a new trilogy. It could be just a one and done. Who knows what's going to happen? But my theory is that we're going to be focusing on possibly a female character more so from here on out. This is a transition phase that we might be going through where the I'm not saying that Neo himself is going to have sex change, and I don't think it's going to be Trinity that's going to take in, taking over, but um, there could be a female character that will be introduced uh, moving forward that'll be the new one or something like that. I could see that happening just because... Eh, it's Keanu. If, <laughs> he'll be the main star of this one, but I think Keanu. he'll be handing, he'll be handing be... the baton to somebody. Well, new, I, think. I feel like we keep making the... Dave... Um, made the comparison to The Force Awakens a lot. And oh, I think yeah. that is a good comparison to what this new movie will probably be. Because oh, Luke to Ray. Yes, thing? exactly. Like new. Neo will be the Luke of the story, and then a new character will probably emerge as like the quote unquote main. If we're right. speaking, if we're speaking to your theory, and Han probably... and Leia are old now, but they're still here, and they're you know, they, you know, they killed off or whatever, and they hand off the right. the, the legacy now. It's to you or something like that. And but I guess it it'll all be, depend on yeah. whether, like you said, this is either a one-off or they do like another trilogy. But I guess we'll because it's, well, it's called Resurrections, and we know it's like the next the next spin up of the Matrix. So it kind of makes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Force Awakens was kind of just re. Reboot, repent, repeat, rinse, wash, repeat. But, it, you know, because Neo's got to go through the whole red pill, blue th- pill thing. And what are my powers? And whoa. And is he going to make I, the jump across the buildings the first time? I don't know. Dude, I mean, all of this could just be another layer of the Matrix, to be honest with you. Because if you yeah. watch two and three, with the sun is fucking scorched, right? So there's no plant life. There's no coral reef. There's no rainforest. There's no... Where's the oxygen coming from? So how are humans even, like, in these sewers and stuff or going to the surface, walking around, fighting... Like, how are you even able to breathe and have, like, a T-shirt on, you know? So I, 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 I have questions about a lot of this stuff. But I think maybe it's because it's all simulated and there's just another layer... You know, it's just like Inception. The Inception, just like a yeah. dream within a dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. 
So that could happen, but I feel like that's like a cop out. You know, that explains though, like how Neo is able to like zap shit because he's still in the fucking Matrix. <laughs> you know, like they never were freed, and Zion and all that stuff is just—it's all controlled, man. So it could be that thing. Um, but getting I'm into, ex- oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I'm excited for the new movie based on what I've seen. I'm just a little scared Same. that they're gonna try to milk it a little bit more than no. it need- and it needs to be. Like no. If they just no come way. out, with, if they just come out with this one movie and it is like that, like I don't know, Force Awakens style reboot where they do callbacks to the original, but also uh, do some twists in there to make it new, I'll be completely happy with that. No, I think I think Lena really wants to do this movie because I think she's got to realize this is like her her greatest work, you know, and the the two of them made their best movie of their career, and if you're gonna come back, you better. You don't want to ruin it. You don't want to just like phone it in and make a quick buck. I think you're really, I mean, this is like your baby. This is what you're really known for. And it's, so, hopefully it's been long enough where you can like. Spend some time thinking. Yeah. You don't really mull it over. They're not know? dummies. Have, <laughs> or she's not at least. You know, Relax. You know, go unwind, have a Bloody Mary on the beach and just think about the Matrix. But Yeah. You know, you know what worked and what didn't work and stuff like that at this point. So you've had time to reflect. So I and think I mean, plenty of. This was three movies in four years too. Was because this came well came out came out in ninety nine. So I guess they pumped mm-hmm. out the next two pretty quickly too. So yeah, of course. Um, well, before we wrap this up, I want to have some fun uh, with this. But we we asked another question on social media, which was if they were to make a a new video game based off of the Matrix. Like I don't know, we were joking, but like who who. What developer do we think would make a good Matrix video game? It could be whatever we want, just like something in the Matrix world. It could be take place after the movies, it could be before the movies, during the movies, whatever. But uh, Eric, you got some people that said to give us an yeah. uh, example. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I asked on social. Uh, Jake Iveson said, I feel like Naughty Dog would do an incredible job. Everything they make is a masterpiece. Maybe I'm being nostalgic on the anniversary of Jack and Daxter, but they've done some epic game worlds already, and I think they would be up to the task. Um, and Chris Logan said, Rocksteady and need, it, need mm-hmm. that seamless flowing combat, which both of those are good it answers. Is, the Matrix those combat would be choices. like the, that Batman combat from the Arkham games kind of lines up kind of nice. Oh, that is think, good. I didn't think about that one. Rocksteady combat is perfect, Dave. I was firmly in the camp when we first talked about this of Remedy um, just coming off of control because they already have that kind of um, that flowy movement, like dodging stuff, and they got the gunplay. The only thing is the the hand-to-hand combat. I'm not sure how if they've had much experience with that, but I think they can make a really good Matrix game. Um, Naughty Dog's a good one, but a lot of their stuff is more slow like uh last of us and uncharted feel like the character movement feels a lot heavier and not as like flowy and floaty as the matrix should feel um with like the tight combat and everything but rocksteady is a good pull from chris yeah D- dave you had a what did you pick? i said you respawn respawn why did you respawn's respawn? a decent pick too because uh, i don't know i like the combat a lot from uh fallen order um mm-hmm. and they you could set that up to be you know, hand to hand or gunplay or anything like that, which is pretty cool. And they put together good games. They made Titanfalls. They made Apex. They make a they make a lot of high quality things. I think I thought that like the because Rock uh, Rockstar came to mind 
And that one really stuck with me because if you look at what they were capable of doing with Red Dead 2, those guys really know how to make a really gorgeous world. And I was like, okay, they've never really done cyberpunk kind of stuff. So what if they did the Matrix? But the online stuff, like creating your own outfit would be really fun, right? And I think doing like specific... uh, jobs would be really cool and i think if you introduce really cool online mechanics where people could be agents wouldn't it be really cool if you had to low key go do some kind of gig or like some kind of job or whatever and uh anybody could be a an agent and just you could just change you never know when somebody's going to change into an agent like that it would be kind of not a horror game but i think it just make it more suspenseful i think uh, mm-hmm. If you had like a little rock star, uh, like uh, Grand Theft Auto Online, GTA yeah. Online, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, definitely. But focus, like you know, let people do um, other things. You know, for some cooler storytelling, so that it's not just dumb shit online with like dumb outfits and just like look at me, you know, and just punching and kicking and shooting. But having some really cool stories where I don't know, you had I don't know the 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 possibilities could be endless because the way they kind of support Grand Theft Auto Online, I think that uh, they could do a really cool job with the with the IP. But one thing that I thought about randomly was uh, they're always trying to hide when they're in the Matrix. They're playing hide and seek kind of with the uh, agents, like in the beginning of the game. Why are mm-hmm. they all? They're all dressed like you know they're dressed in like full leather outfits with the same sunglasses and slick back hair, like. Put on a Talk hat or something. Attention. Maybe a button down. I don't know. <laughs> you wouldn't be stick out like a sore thumb everywhere you go. I don't know. <laughs> Could true. you imagine if like the next version of the one and he just like wears like a bowling alley t shirt kind of button up uh, thing, whatever. You maybe know, some corduroy like pants. The dude. <laughs> I know Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Uh all right. Uh well, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to ask that question. I thought it would be kind of cool to speculate. Just a developer, if they had the Matrix IP, because I think we got it. There's going to be another one coming. You think so? I hope there's, so. I mean, I mean there's I a new so. movie. There has to be something getting talked about in pre-production somewhere, if they haven't announced it yet. Who knows? If this movie does well, like, let's say this movie does extremely well, then it definitely will, but I hope yeah. so. I think it's worth I, I think it's a world worth playing in for sure. In it's, some, it's worth game. revisiting. I mean, there've been some a couple shitty Matrix games back in the day when the movies first came out, but I think the Matrix is one of those IPs that deserves a good a good video game adaptation. TV show. I mean, it's there. Everything's there. The world is there. We all want more. the The second and third movie stuttered a little bit, but. The animations was fun, you know. The first it's the world, great, man. So, yeah, the world is just ripe with you know possibilities for, like you said, TV shows, video games, all that stuff. Yeah. It's unique enough to stand out from like the rest of the fantasy stuff or zombie stuff or mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, that was the Matrix. That was a blast. I am exhausted, but I am pumped to see the next movie. I am. I'm. I'm cautiously mm-hmm. optimistic for this one but it's the matrix man i gotta see it it was one of those movies that just i don't know i didn't know a movie could do that so i'll be there on i'll be there on hbo (laughs) ready to watch it uh but yeah if there's anything else you guys want to talk about we can wrap this up and get into uh a new game 
No, I'm ready to play. Yeah, Game. I'm ready to go. Game of. Ready to go. We're gonna call it Rising Stars. Ooh, I like the name. We have returned, and we have a new game that Dave has come up with. Dave, what is that game called? Uh, we're going to title this one Rising Stars. Rising Stars. That's a great name. And what does that mean? Uh, we have a combination of indie game devs on this list, and we have a combination of indie bands. Oh, I like that. Some oh, of these bands... Okay. May or may not still be in rotation, but they were at one point uh, a band of the indie variety. So sure. we'll go back and forth. Uh, we'll say first to five or whoever has most points when I run out of questions. Sounds we're just good. trying to guess which, if you say a name, we have to guess if it's an indie developer or indie band. Indie game or an indie band. Or indie, indie game? Developer, indie, indie, developer indie developer or indie band. That's okay. correct. And we are, we're taking turns swapping? Or each yes, time? You will, okay. you will take turns. Okay. I think that'll be... Well, you know what? No, well, I'll... Yeah, you can, you can both go at the same time. We'll do that. Okay. And okay. then um, I'll just do one question at a time for you guys, though. So, okay. I'm thinking of a number between 1 and 10. Eric, what is it? Mm, 9. Brandon? 8. Oh, he prices righted you right. Yeah, there. you did prices right my ass. All right, Brandon will go first. <laughs> Tell me, Brandon. Oh, actually, I guess I guess we doesn't really matter because we can both go. But you're gonna guess first. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait. Okay. You're both. Oh, going, I see. You're yep. gonna guess first because I don't want to, you know, anybody to tip off anybody else. So, uh, the first question is. A group called Seawolf. Is it a band? Seawolf. Or is it a developer? Ooh. It's a band. I I would also Eric. go with band as well. Brandon sounded pretty confident there. It is a band. I have them on my iPhone, so. Oh, oh Brandon's into the indie oh. the indie scene. Got I'm there. I hadn't, I hadn't heard of them, so we'll give you that one. All right. Eric, you're up first for this one. Okay. Uh, we're going to say uh, Young Horses. That's a good one. That could be either or. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking that's an indie dev. Yeah, I could go either. I'll just go indie band. You're going to say band. Eric is right. It is a game studio. Uh, Young Horses is out of Chicago, Illinois. They made Octodad. Oh. Okay, cool. All right. Let's try another one here. Uh, Brandon, your guess is first. Uh, the name of this uh, play. I don't know what they call them. Place. I don't know. Question today. For this one is uh sky sky goblin oh i like that name sky goblin oh my god i 
uh, indie developer, <laughs> I think. I I'm also gonna go uh, with indie developer. Uh, you are both correct. Out okay. Of, oh. Out of Sweden. Sky uh, Goblin. They made something called The Journey Down. I don't know what hmm. what that one is. Um, and some lesser known indie dev names out there. Yeah, you know. Uh, how about this one? Uh, who are we on, Eric? Tiger Style. Tiger Style? Hmm. Tiger Style. <laughs> like the Wu-Tang I, Clan. <laughs> I, will, I will go with Indie Band for this one. I'm going to go with Indie Band as well. You are both wrong. Oh, really? Tiger, Tiger Style. Um, they are out of Austin, Texas. They made games called Walking Mars and Spider. Huh. The Secret okay. of Bryce Manor. Tiger so, Style. Yeah. No, that's a that's a name. We're at Brandon with two, Eric with three currently. Um, let's pull one off of this list called uh, Brandon Brainiac. Ooh, that's interesting. Is it a band or is it an indie developer? Brainiac is a developer. I am going to go with a band. Eric is correct on this one. Damn, dude. Uh, I can tell you right here. Uh, it's an American indie rock band formed in 92, disbanded after the sudden death of their lead singer in 97. So, Oh, wow. Uh, Tragic. Eric, Eric with four, Brandon with two. This one will be for all of the marbles. I do have a couple left here, so we can always dabble. Um, Who are we on? Brandon for this one? No. Uh, Eric. Or is it Eric? Is it Eric? Yeah. All right. Eric, Sugar Monkey. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sugar Monkey. Hmm. These are good. This this could go either way. Uh, I'll say... Oh, I know. It is my pick. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Go ahead, Eric. I'll say Dev for this one. Say it. What's the name again? Sugar Monkey. Yeah. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> These are There's good names. Of... There's a lot of good ones out there. I mean, I've I lost, right? Like, I can't win. No. So. Oh. Uh, you're at two. Eric's at four. But Eric got first. First one to five. Developer? Yeah. All right. I'll go with band. And you will go correct. That is. Ooh, staying alive. Nice. That is a band. Uh, Sugar Monkey is a four-piece rock guitar band based in London, UK. Oh, okay. That is not what I thought that... UK. That's uh, a cool name. Yeah, sure. Uh, oh, yeah, well, Sugar Monkey. Yeah, you ever heard of our music? <laughs> good to say. Uh, I like that, I like right. that name. Brandon, we'll go to you. How about uh, Renegade Kid? Ooh. Oh, man, that sounds... That sounds like a band. I know. I've been... Bad, so I'm gonna go either. with a developer because I I want to be. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a band. You're going with a band. You're going. I'm oh, sorry. I mean, I mean, I mean, a developer. I am also going with developer. Oh, you are you jerk. All right. Well, hold on a second. 
Can I change my answer? You can change your answer if you like, sure. But this is this is like whoever gets this wins kind of thing. If Eric gets it right, he'll win, yes. So Okay. So then I'll, I'll just go opposite then. Yeah. Uh Eric is right. It is a video game developer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Renegade Kid made Dem- Dementium the Ward Moon and Dementium 2. Survival what horror is that? survival horror first person um, shooter for the DS. Oh, okay. Never, never That's heard it though. It, DS. Yeah. Congratulations, Eric. You win Sweet. the I, first game of Rising Stars. I know my indie weird indie band and developer names. <laughs> I mean, there are there are a plethora to choose from out there. So, I mean, that was good. I like that. Uh, we could do uh, we could do indie games or I don't know anything else after that. So. Yeah, no, I thought that was yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah, I, I'm always fascinated by like the the names of like indie developers when they play like these random games on Game Pass. I'm like, wow, like how do they come up with that name? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have like these weird logos and stuff. Which like that. Uh, Which Beam is one of my favorite ones recently. That's the developer of Unpacking Which Beam. Ah, uh, yeah. oh, okay, that's a good name. I like that one. Well, uh, that was a lot of fun talking about Matrix earlier. Um, good game, Dave. Is there anything that you guys wanted to talk about? Because I think we, last episode we may have mentioned that we we're going to talk about Halo, but um, we might actually save that. We might save Halo for like season two. We're wrapping up season one here, so the next episode on the books as it stands for the holidays is Home Alone. Certified mm-hmm. Christmas classic. Yeah, dude. It's funny because I love John Williams and some of the, my favorite movies he did the music to, you know, Jaws, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, you know, stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> he also did a Christmas movie. Don't forget Home Alone. So I love listening to his soundtrack uh, during the holidays and stuff like that. So I'm I'm excited to talk about this one. And I'm glad that we're doing something a little bit more lighthearted. <laughs> definitely yeah it's an easy it's an easy watch it's an easy yeah it's a good taste breaker after watching a lot of good taste breaker after the matrix and i think we've all seen it a hundred times so watching it one more time will uh just uh give us a little refresher Mm -hmm. yeah yeah my seven-year-old is like so into home alone one and two he loves them he thinks they're hilarious so he's i'm gonna have to be like hey daddy's gotta watch this for research like yeah (laughs) <laughs> he like laughs hysterically he loves that movie and it's it's a great family movie um although surprisingly there is some swearing in there and i keep or not i don't know some swearing There's a little shit in the beginning but, let's be honest <laughs> yeah uh so it's just forewarned if you want to watch it with us and you know kind of watch it between this episode and next episode uh, if you have a little one with you just know there's some like what is he what is uh, his older brother say he's like I want to sleep in your room and he's like I wouldn't let you sleep in my room if you're growing out of my ass <laughs> I was just like no alright I don't remember that being in this movie but <laughs> but yeah we're going to be talking about Home Alone next episode so uh, happy holidays for everybody that's listening and stay safe we're up in like Buffalo Rochester kind of area well not really Eric you're more in Batavia area but still, still yeah that area. But it's 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 
getting cold. We have some snow today, so it's just kind of changing my mood a little bit. A lot of Christmas stuff going on, so I don't know. Uh, it'll be fun talking about uh, Home Alone, and then we're going to close up the season. And we have a little surprise for everybody that's been following us, but we won't spoil that. It'll be us. It'll be a surprise. You'll just see something drop, and uh, it'll be fun. So, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I'm good. No, I think that's it. Turn on the fireplace. Go play some games. All right, then we are out of here. Safe travels, nomads. I'd like to share a revelation that I've had during my time here. It came to me when I tried to classify your species. I realized that you're not actually mammals. Every mammal on this planet instinctively develops a natural equilibrium with the surrounding environment, but you humans do not. You move to an area and you multiply and multiply until every natural resource is consumed. And the only way you can survive is to spread to another area. There is another organism on this planet that follows the same pattern. Do you know what it is? A virus. Human beings are a disease, a cancer of this planet. You are a plague, and we are the cure.